0: No matter who you are, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Find the Savior. Find Yeshua HaMashiach. Find the truth on Solace Radio. Shabbat Shalom. Well, Sivan, it probably goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway. I am so proud of you. Wow, you did such a great job. This is a real privilege for me to... Share a message with you today. I'm actually, I actually designed this message to share with Sivan. And so, but I, but Sivan is such an unselfish girl. She doesn't mind if you listen in. I entitled this giants and grasshoppers basically because of the story you just heard with 12 spies and 10 of the spies brought back that bad report and said, there are giants in the land, and we're like grasshoppers in their eyes. I don't think they thought that one through. You know, grasshoppers were one of the plagues in Egypt, and they devoured the land. But in the t- in the eyes of the ten spies, they felt like they would be devoured. So, Sivan, you're exactly right. Ten of those spies out of twelve lacked faith. You know, at the beginning of your, of your Parsha, we read, then in chapter 13 of the book of Numbers, the midbar, then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, send out for yourself men so that they may spy out the land of Canaan, which I am going to give to the sons of Israel. So right away we get the impression in this verse that it was God's idea. You know, I'm going to promise you something, but I want you to check it out first and make sure you like it. Actually, if we go, if we jump ahead to the end of the Torah, to the book of Devarim, to Deuteronomy, we discover there, Sivan. Can't remember if we talked about this or not. In chapter one, in verses 21 through 23, I'm not going to turn there, but we discover there that actually it was the people. Who wanted to send the spies and God said, okay. This is striking to me. It may not be to you, but this is striking to me because God's word is so reliable and the veracity of God's word, the truth of God's word brings such great expectation. Not like, Oh, I hope it will happen, but my hope is in his word. It brings such great expectation that to think that we could rely on our own eyes and our own senses rather than on God's word and His promise is laughable. We do it all the time. And I'm not saying we even laugh about it, but sometimes God laughs, sometimes He cries. In fact, uh, in this parsha, He says, How long will these people Spurn me and my work? How much should I put up with? And Sivan mentioned it. You mentioned it. You know, the Lord said, I'm through. I'm done with their unbelief. Moses, I'm going to make you and your descendants the new people of Israel. Oh, wait a minute. God was suggesting replacement theology. Do you know who fought God against replacement theology? Moses, no, Lord, you can't do that. Your original theological position was correct. (laughs) No matter what Israel does, you will always be faithful to the people. Replacement theology is not an option, Lord. Please, forgive them. And the Lord says, okay, according to your word, Moses, I forgive them this sin but they're going to have to suffer the consequence. That's that's why all the generation died in the wilderness. The 12 spies. So, Sivan, you've probably heard this one, but I'll share it anyway. There was a yeshiva booker, a yeshiva student, who was walking on his way to class from home, going to school, and he was passing by on a street, and it had a, a wooden fence with a school inside, a wooden fence, children's school, and he heard he heard the children canting, you know, like chanting, Twelve spies, Twelve eyes, Twelve spies, Twelve eyes. And he thought, my gosh, they're recounting the parasha. This is the week of Shalach. And so he, he walks around the wooden fence until he finds a little hole in the wooden fence and he sticks his eye in the wooden fence and he, and, and all of a sudden, boom, he gets poked in the eye. And then he hears, Thirteen spies, thirteen eyes, thirteen spies, thirteen eyes. Okay. It was funnier the first twelve times. So what makes someone feel like they are a grasshopper and everybody else is a giant? Huh, Sivan? What makes people feel like they're a grasshopper and everybody else is a giant? You know, it's hard to overcome. From your parasha, let's find out. Numbers chapter chapters 13 to 15. Part of it is perspective. When I was younger, I really wanted to be an artist, and I wanted to kind of be an architect. Um, I loved art. I loved designing. And I wanted to be an architect. That was before I wanted to be an ophthalmologist, an eye doctor. And, I, you know, all the years, all the years, my, you know, my parents hoped that I would turn out to be a doctor, and of course I didn't. But I finally asked my own ophthalmologist, because I'm blind in one eye. I finally asked my own ophthalmologist. I said, you know, I really wanted to be an ophthalmologist when I was younger. He says, oh, you could never have been an ophthalmologist. He says, you need two eyes that work. And I said, you mean I've been carrying that on my shoulders all these years? My ophthalmologist, my eye doctor, gave me perspective that I didn't have before. All of a sudden, I was relieved and released from that burden. But I've always loved art. I've always loved perspective. I love to draw. And there are several views of perspective, and the first one is I call view. How you view something. If you view yourself as a grasshopper, everybody else is a giant. It's not just a worldly view, however. You don't have to puff yourself up because this view that you get from Shalach comes with a promise, the promise that God made to the people. So even though we may be like grasshoppers in the sight of the giants, our perspective comes with a special view that contains a promise from God. And our perspective changes. Our whole life perspective changes, just like mine did when my eye doctor said, you could never have become an ophthalmologist. You need two eyes. Someone sent me this, and, and Rabbi Ari sent this uh, this perspective picture. It's very interesting. These two balls present themselves. One is a giant, one is the grasshopper. Which one, Sivan? Which one's the grasshopper? The one close by. Do you know, I took a ruler to measure those two balls, and they are exactly the same size, but it's perspective. The one at the top of the picture looks so much bigger, but it's exactly the same size. God's point of view is the one that we want to adopt, and it gives us the sort of perspective that brings everything into focus and the proper view the second perspective that i'd like to look or like to examine i call time perspective of time when i was young and maybe you feel this way sivan i don't know but when i was young i thought i would live forever that was not god's perspective that was my perspective i thought i would live forever i i was i was young i was daring i would try all kinds of crazy things I thought I was going to live forever. I'm older now, and I realize that I'm not going to live forever, at least not in this body, in this lifetime. Time gives us perspective. The wonderful thing about being connected to God and to his word is that God gives us a perspective that is beyond today. We live every day as if today was it. We want to live today, live life to its fullest because of today. But we can see beyond today because of God's wisdom and his perspective. In fact, let me share something with you. Here you go. The spies came back. The 12 spies came back, right? Ten of the spies said, they're giants. We're grasshoppers. Two of the spies didn't say, we're not grasshoppers. We're just as big as they are. I measured that wasn't their perspective. Their perspective was, God gave us a promise. Let's believe God. Let's believe his promise. We can do it. He's given us the land. Let's go up and do it. But the ten, the majority of the reporters, the ten who gave out what we call a bad report, not because they lied about what the land was like, but their perspective was very short-sighted. So, what happened 40 years later, Sivan? You read it. What happened 40 years later? 40 years later, you read it in in your Haftorah portion. 40 years later, Rahab said to the spies, the people are melting with fear. Woo! The giants are afraid of the grasshoppers now, 40 years later. That's a little perspective. If the people 40 years prior to that would have had God's perspective instead of their own, they could have gone in. The facts didn't change. They feared because they knew God had delivered the people out of Egypt 40 years ago. When the spies went in, it was only one year after they were delivered, but that was plenty of time for the news to have spread throughout the land. Time, a perspective. Forty years later, the giants were afraid. The final perspective, which is based on the first two I shared with you. I call one the heavenly perspective or eternal perspective. From God's perspective, man is like grass. Sivan, I have to say to you, you know, it was like you brought me to tears today. Not because of the excellence of your study. That was, you did an absolutely wonderful job. Very proud of you for that. But just seeing you, I thought, how did my little granddaughter grow up so quickly? You look so beautiful. You look like a young woman. Yesterday, you were just a little girl running around. God gives us this perspective in Isaiah chapter 46, verses 9 and 10. The Lord, you know what? I'm going to read that. I think it's worth it. Isaiah 46. I am God. There is no one like me, declaring the end from the beginning. God's eternal perspective. No one can do that. People can predict. Most of you watch false prophets every day. That's on the Weather Channel. (laughs) (laughs) I am God. There is no one like me who can compare with you, Hashem. I declare the end from the beginning. This is also God's perspective, but it's really an earthly perspective from God concerning man. He says this, All humanity is like grass. All its loveliness is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the Var Elohim, the word of our God, the Var Elohim, stands forever. Sivan, today you are the most beautiful girl in my eyes. In a number of years, your flower, your beauty, will begin to fade. Ah, huh? I know, it's awful, isn't it? <laughs> But today you're not using any makeup, and you are beautiful. Tomorrow, to get beautiful, you might start using a little paint. <laughs> okay, it's all right. You know, I heard somebody once say, "If a house needs painting, paint it." I better stop. But I'm, I'm really looking at—I'm really looking at it from an older person's perspective. The word of, Lord, of the Lord is eternal. We are temporal. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 6 and 7. Okay, I just want to run through some principles with you. You don't like that? I know, it's terrible news. But I will say this, Ivan. You'll, your beauty will last for a while. I'd say use it to the fullest. Be beautiful. In the parasha today, beauty comes with a promise. The land is beautiful. The fruit is wonderful. It's everything God said it would be. But we can't go in because of the giants. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. But we can't take it. There's a difference between a promise and a vain desire. I hope we can understand this difference, and I hope you can, Sivan. A vain desire causes us to desire something and even motivates us to get it. But when the price begins to go above and beyond the worth of our own vanity, we give up. It's not worth it. When it starts, when something starts to cost us too much, it's not worth it. When the price gets too high, it's not worth it. The 10 spies decided the price was too high to attain the beauty, the beautiful land. The two spies Consider the promise, not the vain desire. Consider the promise from God. When we consider a promise from God, it's not simply that we desire something because of, because of our own vanity or because we have vain desire. We consider the promise of God as something that's already happened. It may be in our future, but in God's, in God's eyes, He knows the end from the beginning. And so for us, it's only a matter of obedience, as you said. When we obey the Lord, we're not paying a price for our vain desire. We may pay a price to be obedient. But oftentimes, that is the cost of remaining faithful to the Lord. Beauty with a promise is worth much more than vain beauty in and of itself. The second principle I want to share with you, Sivan, is the principle of overcoming obstacles. I love the word from the two spies, especially from Caleb, from Caleb. You mentioned it, Sivan. He tried to quiet the crowd after the crowd got really upset because they were believing the ten spies and their bad report that we can't take the land. They were very, it brought a very discouraging report. The two spies stood up, Caleb and Joshua, and Caleb spoke. And he says, calm down, calm down. God will give us victory because he promised it, not because we're so strong, not because we're so clever. To attain victory means we have an attitude of overcoming because of the promises of God. In Numbers chapter 13, 30, Caleb said, We shall overcome. Sounds like some people marching in the streets. We shall overcome. We shall overcome. He says we are able to do it. We are able to do it because God promised it to us. My promise may not hold water. Your promise may not hold water, but God's promise holds the oceans at bay. You know, when we started considering building this facility, it was an overwhelming idea. Some of you were here back then. The idea of building this facility was beyond our reach. And yet, I really felt, Marlene and I both felt, because we had really sought the Lord, we really felt that the Lord wanted us to do this. Well, I was also selfishly motivated, because people were bugging me to have a second service, and I said, no. One service is enough. It takes half the day to do just one service. Anyway, I felt from the Lord we were supposed to build, and I kept my eye on the Lord's promise to, that, to do that. And we had a false start. We had a savings account, and we were going to take out this loan to build the building. But when I got back the loan papers and I saw how much it was, I said, forget it. I can't burden the congregation with this amount of a loan. That's, you know, I believe in walking by faith, not necessarily the promise of the banker. And I said no. And some people got very upset with me. But Marley and I began to pray privately. And we were so bold as to pray and ask the Lord for a sign. I guess Jews still require a sign. Lord, give us a sign. And I, and the Lord said, what sign? I said, we need a million dollar gift. And before the year was over, the Lord gave us a million dollar gift through someone. That was a sign. And we moved forward. We were able to overcome and see what I would call the victory of the completed facility that we now have. Pretty amazing. Caleb said, "We shall overcome." He never said it would be easy, and it wasn't easy. But Rav Shaul writes in Romans 8:37 and following, "We, we who follow Yeshua, are more than conquerors. We're super." Conquer he said, through the one who has loved us. We can, we shall overcome. So Sivan, I want to give you a word with this overcoming obstacles. This is the word I received many, many years ago when I was young. Hold steady. Two words. Hold steady. Hold steady. Keep your eyes on Yeshua. Keep your eyes on Hashem. Hold steady. will fulfill his word in your life the third principle i want to share with you is choosing life over death and you're probably sitting there thinking no i know you're not sitting there thinking this but i'm i'm saying it grandpa where'd you get that from the torah portion choose life over death actually this comes from your mother's torah portion you know i've had the privilege of witnessing and sharing the word of the lord with two bat mitzvahs and bar mitzvah of my own three children. And now with my oldest granddaughter. And so your mom's Torah portion contained these words. Choose life so that you may live. But here in this parsha, in your parsha, Sivan, in Shalach, it's kind of awful when we start reading the word That came out of the ten spies and how it stimulated the rest of the, of the people of Israel to say this in chapter 14, beginning in verse two. Would that we had died in the land of Egypt or would that we had died in the wilderness. I hate to say this, but that's like a death wish. I mean, it's, it was awful. They were so discouraged. It would have been better, they said, had we died in Egypt. It would have been better had we died in the wilderness than to face death with giants. And they go on to say this. And why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones, our children, will become plunder. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? Come on, let's go back to Egypt. Let's go back. A year ago, we had, you know, garlic and leeks. What, you want to go back for garlic and onions? And they said, let's now appoint a new leader and return to Egypt. They were rejecting Moses. They wanted a new leader. They were about to stone, as you said, Sivan, they were about to stone Moses, Aaron, Joshua, and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb stood up again. And they tore their clothes. And they said this to all the congregation of the sons of Israel. The land which we passed through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If Hashem is pleased with us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us. Reiterating the promise. A land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Do not fear the people of the land, for they shall be prey to us. They'll be our prey. Their protection has been removed, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. So here's the third principle, Sivan. I hope you catch this, and everybody else too. When we are faced with life and death choices, even when they don't look like life and death, Choose life. Choose life. Don't go back to the place of death. You know, Marlene and I faced many hardships along the road of 45 years of marriage and ministry. And there were times when I felt like, man, I got to exit this. I got to go back. I got to go back where life was fun. I've got to go back where I used to make some money. I got to go back. I had lost my perspective. I was prepared to choose death over life. Israel was prepared to to change leadership rather than humble their hearts and say, oh my gosh, we're wrong. Let's do what God said. This is all of Israel choosing to be stubborn and obstinate toward God and his promises. They said our wives and our children are become victims. In the end, It was the wives and it was the children who actually gained the promises. They actually gained the promises. These ten spies and the other adults, particularly the males, did not. So the choice, the choices that will come in your life, Sivan, and you are prepared to make choices, and I hope you, and I think you are. You're you doing a good job already. But when you come to choices or you come to a fork in the road, Take a moment to have the right perspective and choose life. Choose life. God is with you. The fourth and last principle that I want to share with you is this one. This is the fourth and last principle. It comes from Numbers chapter 14, verse 24, from Caleb's life. The last and fourth principle is a different spirit. Have a different spirit. Your dad alluded to this when he shared his message with you. Stand for the truth. And this different spirit is found in Numbers 14, 24. And it's, again, speaking about Caleb. Caleb seems to be the star here. But my servant Caleb, Kalev, because he has had a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring him into the land which he entered and his descendants shall take possession of it which is quite true we find that in Joshua chapter 14 this means a complete other spirit this doesn't mean a compromised spirit or hey okay you don't want to go into the land because of the giants let's figure out how we can do this let's compromise let's uh, you know let's kill half the giants at a time he had a completely other spirit which was a spirit of faith and trust rather than a spirit of fear. God says, Caleb followed me fully. That is to say, he followed after God in the fullest manner. You said it, Sivan. We're not perfect, and God knows it. Following God fully doesn't mean perfection. It means that our heart follows hard after him. It means that we may be ready to turn and change our ways, it means that we're ready to give up a stubborn heart, as you mentioned with King David. It means that we live an obedient life, not to perfection, although God is perfecting us through it, but we follow hard after God. In fact, God loves Caleb so much in this, he says, Caleb is my servant. Look at my servant, Caleb. Now, in the world of most people, most people don't like the idea of being a servant. I'd rather be the master than the servant. But in the kingdom of God, it's different. We want someday to hear the Lord say to us, this is my servant in whom I am well pleased. Servant comes from the word avodah, avad, which means to work. But it came to mean over years to serve, and it also came to mean to worship. We have a phrase called avodah beshalev. It means the service of the heart. What is the service of the heart? The service of the heart is a connection with God, a humble connection with God in worship and oftentimes in confession and turning away from our own way and turning to God. God loves that. He desires it because he can give us his greatest blessing with that attitude. A different spirit. A different spirit. Yeshua said this, Sivan. He says, I came to serve, not to be served. He also says, the greatest among you in the kingdom of heaven will be the servant. So, Sivan, I just share these four principles with you because I believe that they will form and shape your character. Beauty That comes with a promise is much greater than vain beauty, which only exists on the outside. Overcoming obstacles means you walk by faith and not by sight and you hold steady with your eyes focused on the Lord. Choosing life over death when you have decision making right in front of you, take a moment to take perspective and choose the perspective that comes from heaven. It will always Result in life for you, Sivan. Finally, be like Caleb, like Joshua. Be of a different spirit. Mazel tov, Sivan. We all love you so much. God bless you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. Ichar o na vemarehe ja er á i pan of lecha Shalom. Yeshua Meshichin. In the name of our Messiah Yeshua, Amen. Shabbat Shalom. On the cutting edge of the Messianic movement, Solace Radio will rock your faith and bring the Bible alive. Find your Savior. Find Yeshua Hamashiach and explore the whole Bible and discover treasures there. Solace Radio.